playoffs? Talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Yeah. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships you win with that fantasy freestyle. Yeah, 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 you know what it is. It's your boy, Rocks and Speeds, holding you down. We're dropping stats over beats. This is the Fantasy Freestyle, and it is getting into week 16. So if you are listening now on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network or on the Audio Boom, on the Stitcher, on the Google Play, on the app, if you're subscribing on iTunes and listening now, it's probably because you're in your fantasy championship. So congrats to you. Right, Rocks? We're happy about all these people still listening. And they're probably listening uh, because they're in their championship, and they're probably in their championship because they were listening. It's a beautiful cycle, right? Yeah, you know, we learned about this. Correlation doesn't always equal causation, but in this case, I think that it does. So shout out to everybody who had a successful season. We're going to give you what you need this week to take home that trophy, whether you got one of those little digital badge trophies in a Yahoo League or whether your league got one of those big monstrosities, get to carve your name on it this year. Yo, shout out also to everybody playing DFS, keeping their interest alive. Yo, shout out to everybody who doesn't even really mess with fantasy they just listen to us because we got some of the best sports content out there all for free on that fantasy sports radio network you know what it is rocks we put the fun in functional sports radio i gotta ask you though you mentioned kind of like the trophies and that gets me to thinking you know like i compete in a number of fantasy football leagues and some of them you know are for money some of them are for more money some of them for less money some of them are for no money right to me I mean, the money is great and all, but it's really about that pride, right? It's really about to be able to say to your colleagues or say to your boys or say to whoever it is, look, I won, right? Do you think more people care about um, the status or actually winning their league and winning that cash? I think a lot of it really depends on who else is in your league. And obviously, of course, how much money. You know, the home league that you and I have been playing in together for almost a decade, you know, it's it's incentivized, certainly. It's not the most insane incentive in the world, but for that league where you really know the vast majority of the people in the league really, really well, you're going to see them out at the bar. It's going to be something that you can use as a talking point. You know, we make fun of our good friend, uh, Matt, who's in the championship this week for not having a ring. For him, I'm sure he wants to win for pride. He'll take the money, but he's going to be hoping that he wins for pride. So, you know, I think as long as you know the people and it's not like, you know, you're playing for, you know, uh, you're going to lose the mortgage payment if you don't win the league. Uh, You know, I think for a lot of people, it's pride. I do think also, though, and we've talked about this in our league and also in uh, in the charity poker tournament that you and I play in often, they're going to create a trophy and actually have the names from years past of all the winners. And I think that's awesome also because even then, when you know your trophy is in someone else's house, it's got your name up there. You know, people be like, oh man, James won the league twice, huh? And you've only won it once, even though it was last year. Rocks is kind of nasty, huh? I definitely recommend that in your league. Get a championship trophy, have the name 
names on it. Maybe get a championship belt like you're a boxer in the WWE. But you got to have some way to commemorate it. Let me ask you, though, this, Roxy, commemorating the winners. I also like leagues where you have to do something if you are the loser. You know, whether it's something like financial for the winner or whether it's like I've seen leagues where people got to get like a tattoo of the winner's choosing or like take an embarrassing picture or tweet something out that is uh, embarrassing. I mean, what do you think about the booby prize? Um, yeah, shout to shout to England. Uh, the booby prize is one of those things that can often be lost in translation. Um, I like it. The only thing that I worry about is that with a lot of these leagues, you know, sometimes people draft, pay attention for one or two weeks, and then they tune out. And they're not necessarily the people you want to have back in your league year after year. These are the people who will also balk at being asked to pay another fifty dollars mm. after you know after they've already bought in and stopped paying attention. I do like something maybe like uh you know change your facebook profile picture right. for a week or something like yeah, that yeah, exactly you know just like it's a little bit embarrassing but it's done in good fun and it's not really going to make anyone like angry or upset you know and sure. i do also think though that you know it's it's important also in a way that you do want to incentivize those teams who are at the bottom to continue setting their lineups to continue being active exactly. on the wire to make sure that there's not a competitive imbalance because that can really screw things up and if you're one of those teams that uh you know that that you watch your opponent that you're maybe fighting for the last playoff spot with, you know, get these easy wins against teams that, that still have Adrian Peterson in their lineup, that still have, you know, uh, Jamal Charles in their right. lineup, guys that are they're barely playing. Um, you know, that's really, really frustrating. It's not good for the league. And I also don't think, though, that, it, that the commissioner should have to be stepping in and setting other people's lineups. I'm completely against that. And check it out, Rox. If anybody had any questions for us about how maybe to structure their league or structure like a, um, a payout system or an embarrassment system at the end. I remember we once talked about building a whole like Serie A B league to relegate people. But yo, Red Rocks, if people want to get at us, they can get us at Fantasy Freestyle, uh, that Fantasy Freestyle Twitter handle. Leave off the last E because Rocks and Speeds make yep. no errors. We'll be happy to talk about league construction with you. Before this, Rocks, you also mentioned our boy Maddie G. We have another Fantasy Freestyle listener, Maddie G. You may have heard him uh, in the mailbag before. He actually reached out to us say that he went four for four in his league making the semifinals. So, uh, Matty G out there, we hope you're doing well. We hope in some of those leagues you are still involved, still with your team, and live in the championship this week, week 16. Hey, Rox, you know someone who is not still live with their team? Gus Bradley of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They finally ended that kind of, uh, I guess, dumpster fire regression. You know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people actually thought that Jacksonville had the chance to be kind of like a sexy sleeper pick in that yeah, AFC we were, South. we talked about that. We thought that the defense was going to be much improved. That was one of our big talking points. Yeah. The Jags were not going to be relying on, on that garbage, garbage time, time production yeah. from portals anymore. And, you know, uh, boy, were we wrong. Yeah, there we were was just wrong. no production at any point from that offense. And, you know, Gus Bradley, it, it, you know, you feel bad. He came over from Seattle. He was really a big get yeah. for this Jacksonville team that hasn't really had much success in a while. And you know what, though? Gus Bradley, this is just coming out in, in the last day or so, he was actually on the flight home with Afterwards, the team. Yeah, that awkward. awkward. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like when you break up with your girlfriend and then you both uh you both are on the same train or something like that. Yo, I, I once uh I once had a girlfriend, we broke up, we shared um season tickets to the right field bleachers of Yankee Stadium and then we didn't know what was going to happen how to break up the tickets because we still wanted the playoff games that were involved uh so yeah 
interestingly analogy. You know, I'm, I'm, you're right though, man. I thought the Jaguars and the Raiders were two teams that were going to be primed to take a step forward. It did happen in Oakland. It did not happen in Jacksonville. Hey, Rocks, I know you also. Going into the season, I believe in PPR settings, you had Allen Robinson as a top five pick. And you've seen the frustration he has had all season long with Blake Bortles. A lot of people thought that Blake Bortles was going to be a top 10 quarterback, and that Bortles service continues. Here's where I think the big issue was, if you want to know the truth. Their defense has improved slightly. You know what I think is the biggest culprit? Whatever illness that Chris Ivory had in the beginning of the season, I think really set them back. Chris Ivory was their big free agent signing who was supposed to, you know, like have teams respect the running game so that Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, who's become your boy, you know, um, and then he just missed the first few games. TJ Yeldon was not doing it. In the first five weeks there were like a few games where Blake Bortles was the team's leading rusher and I think it went all downhill from there but Rox let me tell you something because you know uh, Amir Khan is like their their um their owner Shad Khan and you know how they're like the um kind of adopted team of London they go out there every year so you know what I think Harry Potter should be their new coach (laughs) I don't know about that can make magic happen there's definitely uh, there's definitely going to be a bunch of changes. Uh, Julius Thomas is another player that a lot of you know we thought he was going to be back healthy, a real red zone threat. Um, nothing worked out for them, and it's going to be uh, up to someone else next year to try and right that ship. And uh, they're saying as they search for a head coach, they're not going to force them, to whoever Bortles. the next head coach is, to play Blake Bortles. I mean, he's a guy that you know we've seen it before with some of these coaches that are known for being good with quarterbacks. Uh, John Gruden certainly comes to mind. Jim- Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter that really have the ability to kind of turn these guys' careers around, right. but uh, I think that, you know, it's unclear even if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, and that's guaranteed for injury only, but uh, that could get interesting. You know, those are some interesting decisions. Um, Let me ask you to you this way, Rox. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about some of those veteran quarterbacks that are going to be on the merry-go-round next year. Tony Romo, potentially Carson Palmer. Um, the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Lower tier. There's going to be Brian Hoyer probably out there. We're getting news now, you know, Blake Bortles might be on that merry-go-round as well. We're also getting news out of Buffalo that the Bills are not committed to Tyrod Taylor. There's an option to be triggered. I'm telling you, if I'm Buffalo, Tyrod Taylor is not the problem. So I ask you this, though, with Romo, Fitzpatrick, if you're a team that's in need of a quarterback, say you're the Bears, do you look at Romo or even Cutler or Fitzy, or do you take a shot thinking that you are the guy who can fix this young guy, Blake Bortles? Would you take Blake Bortles over Geno Smith? Yes. Blake okay. Bortles Blake Bortles has had, you know, it's he's far he's far from that version of Blake Bortles right now. Blake Bortles has had sustained success in the NFL. That's something that cannot be said for Geno Smith. One more name, keep in mind uh, that I want to add to that list that you that you just uh, put out there and and as a Saints fan, I'm hoping it's not the case. I'm starting to hear rumors out of New Orleans that this is a team that's rebuilding. They're constantly in a terrible cap situation because of Mickey Loomis kicking the can down the road. Drew Brees is something like a 30 plus million dollar cap hit for this team. I don't think he has any guaranteed money beyond this year. They're talking about maybe a willingness to trade Sean Payton. I 
will shed a tear when uh, when that's not uh, the most exciting offense in the NFL anymore. Because even this year, the Saints have really been a great offense. And as they have historically, the problems have been on the defensive side of the ball. So there will be quarterbacks out this year. Um, and because I think that this year's quarterback class in the draft, not as strong as it was in previous years, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. The guys you need to look at in the draft class, if you're one of these teams like San Francisco, Cleveland, Chicago, the Jets, who might draft early and might be in the quarterback market, you're obviously looking at Deshaun Watson out of Clemson. A lot of people know about him. He's been a Heisman finalist the last two years. Clemson has been in the national championship conversation. There's the guy Trubinsky. He's a guy coming on out of North Carolina. I've heard that the Jets really like him. I don't want them to go quarterback. I want them to get a pass rusher. And there's a guy, Brad Kaya, out of the University of Miami, a Miami Hurricane. Word is that the Chicago Bears are really hot on this guy. Rocks, I know that you're a Saints fan. I gotta tell you, um, the the Peyton Breeze era, uh, the window is closing on it. You know, as, as we know, it's in the twilight of that partnership, and they've always been joined at the hip. If they do, in fact, leave, I'm going to tell you exactly where both of them are going. Sean Payton, if they're going to talk about a trade, one team that I've just heard that says that they are willing to trade for a coach is that incredible job out there in Los Angeles, the LA Rams. I heard Sam Conkey saying that they would be down to trade for a coach. That would be a get for them. That and would I'll qualify. Because they want that offensive mind. We talked about that to develop maybe a Jared Goff in that offense. But I'll tell you about this. Drew Brees. If Drew Brees is in any way, shape, or form available, lock it down. You know I do my Shot Callers show Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Speeds calling his shot. If Drew Brees is anywhere that is not New Orleans... Denver Broncos. If you are Denver and you are John Elway, who's the president, and you know you've done it before bringing in Peyton Manning, you trust and you know about veteran quarterbacks that can do their thing. You have that Super Bowl winning defense. You know what it takes. You know what you need. You're telling me that you wouldn't do whatever you had to do to bring a future Hall of Famer, even though he wasn't a pro bowler this year, to, uh, to Denver? I think that would be the perfect fit and a fit that Drew Brees would be down with. Sure, I'll throw it a demand if it's Tom and, and Manny Sanders. That's interesting. That? That's interesting. The only thing I would say about that outdoors, is that outdoors, outdoors, Denver, not so nice in those winter months. Um, and John Elway also knows, and Drew Brees hasn't shown it yet. He did have, he was awesome last week against Arizona, albeit in the Dome. He had a couple weeks where he was maybe looking diminished. Not like Peyton Manning last year diminished, but a little wobble on his passes that you're not used to seeing. One other thing I would say is Simeon has been competent, decent, okay. They also have that first rounder that they just spent on Paxton Lynch. He's a development project. I think that maybe... time to develop. This defense is win now. Aqib Tlaib getting older. You know, uh, Marcus Ware on the back of getting older. The window is now. They don't have time to turn a Blake Bortles around. Develop a Paxton Lynch because by the time you do that, that defense is no longer a championship defense. That's a fair point. Interesting. I mean, hey, we still got a lot of football to get to. That's Listen, true. We got some we're stuff. in offseason. Season, mode right? here, man. Let's, let's we do week 16, yo. Yo, real quick, though. Right. I wanted to say one other thing real quick. Yo, what's up with your boy on Duke, the basketball kid? Yeah, Grayson Allen. Yo, first of all, Rocks and Speeds here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We drop stats over beats. You know, we talk baseball.
baseball. We're talking football. Rock's bringing in college basketball. Hold us down. We're going to be giving it to you. Young March. diversity. But, yo, yeah, Grayson Allen, man. Grayson Allen, again, you know, tripping the kid. We're recording this on Thursday, so this is news. Oh, here's the thing. Yeah, there was that technical uh, foul, but did you see him on the bench straight up throwing a temper tantrum? Literally pouting and screaming, and it took, like, coaches to settle him down? This is not the first time this has happened, and it makes me wonder. I know this man is sort of Teflon and untouchable. It makes me wonder about Coach K. Yeah, this is this not, not this is not time. him mouthing off to some like 27-year-old coach on his first job. This is like one of the most recognizable coaches in any sport in the United States. This is a guy who's got Team USA, some of the biggest egos and superstars on the planet right. to play ball the way he wants them to and he can't he can't have some kid showing him up. It's bad for his brand. Also, Grayson Allen, is that a college basketball player or a law firm? Get your name right, son. Listen, man, a lot of people go to Duke, maybe become lawyers, but this guy might have just lost some money in the NBA draft. We'll find out about that. But, however, listen, it's week 16. It's championship week. You got rocks and speeds. We're going to hold you down. We're going to go into these spotlight games. And be careful, guys, because with the holiday season, there's a bunch of games on Saturdays. Make sure you set your lineup. That's the last thing you want to do, man. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to focus on a couple of spotlight games right after this. Then, obviously, we're going to give you our flagship set segment where we do our game flow geniuses, our diamonds, and our fool gazes. But when we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Rocks and Speeds are going to focus in on those spotlight games in week 16, help you win your championship. We are dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Act like you know. You like that? You like that? You know what it is, the Fantasy Freestyle on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy Rocks, young fists full of rings with my man Speeds, the spitting statistician. That is a mouthful, and we've got a mouthful of ideas about a couple games we're going to break down for you in Week 16. Yo, the first one I want to talk about is this Seattle Seahawks versus Arizona Cardinals game. Yo, this was one when I looked at the schedule early in the year, I was like, this is going to be an incredible football game. Um... Arizona didn't really hold up their end of the bargain on this one. But one player on Arizona that has is David Johnson. David Johnson is having one of those Marshall Falk seasons for for the ages. He's basically proven to be matchup proof, but speeds at 8,700 on fan duel against that Seattle Seahawks defense at home. Can we play him? Uh, I mean, you can, but I think there's probably better options. You know, you have to have... David Johnson at that crazy high price because, like you said, he's basically putting in like Priest Holmes kind of work on a weekly basis. But, um, you know, I fade I fade anybody against the Seattle defense. The Seattle defense is second in the NFL, giving up only 16.8 points per game. And don't forget the last time these two teams played, Rocks. It was a 6-6 tie on Sunday night football. Um, there was not, not one of the of NFL's better there. games. Exactly. And that was in Arizona. This time it's in Seattle, so you got to figure Seattle is even better, right? Because they have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. So, of course, I like David Johnson, but I think you can get better value in DFS this week. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I would also say um, coming on late, as he did last year, Tyler Lockett is starting mm-hmm. to get more and more yeah. involved in the offense. You know, he was someone that was being talked about as a possible wide receiver to uh, this season. Did not really happen for him. But I would just say if you're in a keeper league and somehow he has been dropped and you've got mm. space, yo, pick him up and stash him. I still think big things are coming for Tyler Lockett. Also, one more player I want to talk about real quick in this one is Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer had basically been left for dead about three or four weeks ago. Right. He has played a lot better lately. Um, I don't know if it was just overcoming that horrible playoff meltdown. I don't know if there was still some injury concerns. He's an older man, but I really think that Carson Palmer now has a decent chance to be back next year as the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, which about five or six weeks ago would have seemed completely far-fetched and unrealistic. What do you think about that, Speeds? Rocks, I hear you, and I know, you know, you love Carson Palmer second only to Julian Edelman, but at Seattle? You ride with Carson Palmer? I know he put up 318 yards last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions, keeping up with Drew Brees in that 48-41 to shootout, but on the road at Seattle against the Legion of Boom, is this no, the league? No, oh, no, okay, no, okay. I'm not. I'm not riding with him this week. I'm just tipping my cap to a player that we had left no doubt. dead for six So maybe weeks. he's not on that QB carousel that we were talking about a little bit earlier on in the show. You're also right. I like Tyler Lockett. He had a great week last week. Seven catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He could get into the end zone again as defenses start to try to focus on Doug Baldwin and the Reverend Jimmy Graham. Hey, Rocks, where's another spotlight game we're going to? Week 16. We got to give people their championships. Yo, one quarterback uh, that we talked about all season long, the $72 million bust. The $72 million bust, Brock Osweiler, if that's your real name, has finally been benched for Tom Savage, who has a much, much, much cooler name. And also by all accounts, looked like a better quarterback last week. And I mean, it's really not, uh, that's not a tough hurdle to climb, uh, to a tough bar to clear. But what I will say is that Cincinnati's defense has been actually playing a lot better of late. So I don't know if I would go ahead and actually take the leap of faith to start Tom Savage in DFS. I do think, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, is that this is a really, really good thing for DeAndre Hopkins, who finally has someone who can throw the ball downfield, which Osweiler has not been able to do. Uh, would you would you trap D-Hop out there this week in DFS, and how do you like him in a season long if you're Absolutely. in the champion? Are you kidding me? I love DeAndre Hopkins this week. First of all, he when, when Savage came in last week, DeAndre Hopkins wound up with 15 targets from Tom Savage. That is more than he's had pretty much all season. Brock Osweiler, for some reason, was dragging this entire offense down. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins was one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL last year with guys like TJ Yates throwing to him. Savage has been in the system. He looks like a proficient NFL quarterback. I think you can get a big game out of DeAndre Hopkins this week, and for only 66 or 6,700 on FanDuel, I think that is good value. I also like Lamar Miller in this one. Truth be told, this is still a new backup quarterback, and the Cincinnati Bengals are 26th in the NFL against the run, giving up 117 yards a game. And in the last few games, the Texans have been running the ball a little bit more. Lamar Miller going back to the 20-plus carries that he got at the beginning of the season. Last three games, he's had uh, 19-plus carries. I think that can continue. I like Miller in this game, as long as his ankle is okay. And I like DeAndre Hopkins in this game as well. Hey, Rocks, on the Cincy side, though, Jeremy Hill may not go. Tyler Eifert may not go. Vontez Perfect in 
the protocol, and that will basically help the entire uh, Houston offense if he is not able to go. And also, all of the players can feel a little bit better about their safety if he is on the sidelines. That's a, that's a dirty, dirty man. Um, I like A.J. Green. It seems like he is going to be healthy. Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals have nothing to play for at this point, so I don't see any reason why they would be rushing him back if he was not actually ready to go. Um, 7400 is a really, really nice price for someone with his upside, and I think that, um, you know, again, it has a lot to do with how you construct your roster, but he's looking like he could be easily in the wide receiver one conversation for a little bit cheaper than that. Only one thing I'd say is this is a Saturday night Christmas Eve yeah. game, so, uh, you know, I'm you're fading counting the road on him. Team. I'm fading the road team on Christmas Eve night having to go travel. They're thinking about their families. And Santa they want to get home flight. to those milk and cookies under exactly. the t- uh, under the Christmas tree. Exactly. Um, yeah, but that should be interesting. Uh, you know, and I wonder also what kind of ratings that game gets. You know, I, I'd just be curious. You think a lot of people are with their families or by then they're just looking yeah. to watch some TV and I think it's I think it's real weird that the NFL is doing this this week. It's really weird that the calendar falls like this for Christmas Day. I think that could be a low-rated game. Rox, I know you got one more spotlight game you want to go to here in Week 16 where people are winning their championships. Let's help give them everything they need to win their leagues, yo, Rox. Where else you want to go? Give me your give me a, give me a game you want to focus on. Uh, give me a second. I got to put on my hat, my gloves, my scarf. I got to make sure my north face is, is zipped up tight. Where are we we're going? going to La- we're going to Lambo. Oh, the frozen tundra of Lambo field. It is, it is, uh, it is not going to be is too this, nice. I can't imagine. Is this all Ty Montgomery? Because he's really proving himself to, in fact, be a running back and a good one at that. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Minnesota has really collapsed a bit on defense after yeah. being lights out early in the season, and they never got the offense going at all. You know, it's hard to not feel a little bit like you are chasing the points with Ty Montgomery. Last week, he was really, really cheap on DFS. And now I actually, the, Vikings de- the Vikings defense is different, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, what I would say, though, is that the Vikings have actually been allowing more than 120 rushing yards a game since week six. Um, you know, also Montgomery has got that wide receiver pedigree, so you right. know he's going to be involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't really know. I think that they may be relying a little bit more on the running game this week, kind of letting Aaron Rodgers take what the defense gives him, not throwing at Xavier Bumpy Rose, who you just noted. Uh, made the Pro Bowl tip pro of the bowler. Pro Bowler. This is also Speed's always calling the breakout cornerback. This is now years in a row. Xavier Bumpy Rhodes, Pro Bowler. Tip my hat to him. Yeah, and I would just say that, you know, you're probably going to see Jordy Nelson matching up against him. I think he's going to get enough targets that he'll be a viable play, certainly in season long. You're not going to sit him. I would look elsewhere, however, on DFS 7800. I think he's pretty expensive. What do you got going on in this game? What are your so takes? This game, obviously, you know, I want to shout out Bumpy Rhodes, but listen, I think it's also time we tip our cap to um, Terry Newman, who has also been great, should be in the Pro Bowl myself at the age of 38 years old. He's having a great season, so that to me means, you know, you talk about Rhodes on Nelson. You know, Devontae Adams has also been up and down, but I saw him with a horrible drop, and I don't know what it's going to be like with Terrence Newman on him. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and while Devontae Adams dropped a big one last week, there was nothing like that ball that Odell Beckham actually did drop, but then got credit for as a catch. 
Let me tell you something. That is causing fantasy controversy all over the place. I know that that decided playoff matchups for someone out there. So here's the deal. One time only offer on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you can tweet a picture that proves that you had Odell Beckham or you lost to a team that had Odell Beckham, but the margin of victory was that ridiculous catch that he was credited for that was clearly a drop. Send or tweet that picture to the Fantasy Freestyle and Rox and I will hook you up with a great graffiti piece of your team name so you can commemorate how you lost. We'll do that one time only on the Fantasy Freestyle, but when we come back, you know what we do all the time on the Fantasy Freestyle. We give them our flagship segments, our game flow geniuses, our diamonds in the rough, and our fantasy fugazis. Rocks forget about them. We're gonna forget about it. Give you what you need. Week 16. Rocks, we're gonna go to break. Is that okay with you? We gotta pay some bills. Yeah, man. And honestly, I, I, I need to get my ear warmers and everything because we went to Lambo, man. It's gonna be cold. True, true, true. Uh, get that frosty face like Tom Coughlin. We're dropping stats over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Holiday edition. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Haha, you know what it is. We're dropping stats over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle. I got rocks in the place to be. This is your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. And yo, we just covered some of those games that you need to look at in week 16. But now it is time for our flagship segment. If you've been listening to Shot Callers, whether it's been on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, back on that Podomatic, or on our Google Play, on our on our uh, Stitcher, on the Audio Boom, you know that we do our game flow geniuses, we go our diamonds in the rough, and we do our fantasy foolies. Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. Yo, this week though, Rox, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting matchups where I think the game flow is really going to dictate how it goes. So let's start it off with our game flow geniuses this week. Rox, who you got as your first game flow genius? Yo, uh, I really like the way things are setting up this week for Rob Kelly, running back on the Washington football game, playing against the Chicago Bears, 5,800 on the fan duel. Rob Kelly also near and dear to me as a fellow alumni of Tulane University. Roll wave, baby. Last week, Kelly left a little bit of a mess in the bed. He only had like, eight whoa. yards. He only had eight yards against the Panthers. He did score a touchdown. He also, which was really, really interesting, was more involved in the passing game than he has been all season. Obviously, it was the worst rushing performance all year, but he's actually been a bit of a disappointment last couple of weeks. However, in this one, Washington is a favorite. They're about a three and a half to four point favorite, depending on when the which lines you're looking at uh, against the Chicago Bears. Chicago just got destroyed by Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery owns some souls on that Chicago Bears defense right now. I've seen the title deed in his Twitters. Um, Yo, the Bears are 27th run defense in DVOA. They are also 28th in fantasy points allowed to running backs. That means they are giving up points. Game flow is going to be in Rob Kelly's favor as I think the Washington football team plays most of this one with a lead or at the very least a very, very, very close game 
game. Also, in his favor, Bears nose tackle Eddie Goldman is out. He's really one of their big run stuffers up front. So I think there's going to be lanes for Rob Kelly from Tulane University to run through and salt that game away in the second half. At 5,800 on Fan Duel, look long and look hard and consider plugging him into your lineup as a game flow genius. Rob Kelly earning points like whoa. Uh, I like that <laughs> call, Roxio. I'm giving my game flow geniuses a little bit different this week in week 16. What I want to try and do is set the stage. You know, Rox, what we do. We do not give owners fish. We teach them how to how fish. How to fish. That's right. And so here, I, I like... Um, what I'll call elements of the Detroit Lions passing attack. And here's why. They're up on Monday Night Football in Dallas against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have been really, really staunch this year against the run. The Cowboys are actually number one in the NFL against the run, giving up less than 90 yards a game. But here's the catch. They're 28th in the league against the pass. And like I said, these there's a couple of games this week where the game flow really matches up, kind of like strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness. And this is one of those games. I told you, the Cowboys are really, really strong against the run. Good thing, because the Detroit Lions are not trying to run the ball. As no. you know, that Jim Bob Cooter offense, they do not care. They it's all even, passing plays. I've seen the playbook. It's all passing really plays. Have, they don't really have a between-the-tackles back. Um, you know, Washington was filling in for Theo Riddick last week against the Giants. He did not look good. Got only 31 yards on the ground. I think that um, Theo Riddick is coming back this week. And I think that he is the only kind of dual threat they have out of the backfield. I think he can do work in the running game. They give him carries. He's also, as you know, an incredible beast out of the backfield. Led the NFL in receptions for a running back last year with 80 receptions. And this week he's doing it again, although he has missed a couple of games. Missed the last two weeks with a wrist injury. I think he's back this week. And I think this game flow looks great for a back out of the backfield against the, D uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. I also think that Golden Tate has started to claim himself as the number one pass catching option for the Detroit Lions. Remember early in the year, Rox, when it was like Marvin Jones and we even Ooh. had a mailbag question about should I keep Marvin Jones or Odell Beckham? Can you believe that was actually a mailbag question for us after week three or four of the season? My, how times have changed. It is Golden Tate now, and I like Riddick and Tate as elements of the Detroit Lions passing offense that are going to be my game flow genius because the, as you say, the Dallas Cowboys are going to slow it down, try and run the ball with Zeke Elliott, time of possession, and Matt Stafford is going to try and, boom, real quick, throw the ball to move down the field against the 28th-ranked pass defense of the Dallas Cowboys. So elements of the Lions passing game are my game flow genius for Week 16. What you got, Rocks? Uh, my, my second and final game flow genius this week is Amari Cooper. Mm. Amari Cooper, yes. 7,200. He's playing against the Colts. The Colts, they've got a bad defense yep. and they've got a good offense. Yep. The Raiders have got a bad defense and a good offense. Yep. We are going to see some points in this one. Amari Cooper has been a bit of a tease this year. He's put up good numbers, but he's really been someone who's been very, very close a lot of times to blow up games. 
not quite getting there. The last couple of weeks, he's really, really not played that great. In fact, he hasn't topped 60 yards since week nine. Yep. Honestly, I think that this is going to be a game where the Oakland Raiders are going to be throwing a lot. You see Derek Carr having trouble under center with that dislocated finger. He's going to be back in the shotgun. I also, uh, the Ravens OC, Bill Musgrave, had said basically we need to get Amari Cooper more involved. I think that that's always a great sign. You know, he is a great talent. I really think that uh, if he gets some targets forced to him, forget about it because he is absolutely electric when the ball is in his hands. He can make things happen and I think this is going to be a back and forth pinball match. Oakland's going to be throwing all game and I think that sets up well for him as far as the game flow is concerned and you know the talent is there. 7200 on FanDuel. I really, really like that price for someone who has a decent chance to finish as a top eight wide receiver this week. No doubt, no doubt, Rox. Let me ask you one thing about that call. You know, I do think Amari Cooper is due. He hasn't gone over six catches or 60 yards, anything like that, in about since like week eight or nine, as you pointed out. However, Michael Crabtree has been pulling up the slack, right? And if you have those FanDuel prices up, you would see that Amari Cooper is still something like six, $700 more than Michael Crabtree. Who do you think actually returns more value this week? Because Crabtree has been getting 10 plus targets in a number of games recently. Yeah, I mean, and again, it really has to do a lot with how you structure your lineup. I like Crabtree. He is, uh, he's been a great floor play all season, but if you're looking for a home run in week 16, you're looking for someone in a tournament play, especially, who has a real opportunity to put up splash numbers. I think that's Amari Cooper. However, I do love if you've got those guys elsewhere um, in your lineup and you, and you feel confident in your upside, I think that you've got to have guys like Michael Crabtree, you know I've been high on him all season, like Julian Edelman, who provide, like Jarvis Landry, who provides you, you knew I, you, we, I wasn't going to get, get to entire episode get to without, without mentioning Julian Edelman. He's your Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> hey, I get it. The checks keep, the checks, the checks keep clearing. That's all I know. I know. Like, but, uh, payments over here from Julian Edelman. I do, I do like, uh, I do like those guys as, as, uh, as floor plays because they really help round out a lineup, particularly if you're someone who plays 50-50s or double ups. you got to have some guys like that because every once in a while, those big home run hitters, you swing and miss on them. Whereas guys like uh, Michael Crabtree, consistent, and they'll they'll add those points. Um, you got one more no doubt, game no doubt. situation. Yeah, my name, I, I like how you say it's situation. I am a genius, and this is the situation that I have found. Another game that I think is very, very interesting is Christmas night. Christmas night, after you finish, you know, opening the presents and eating the food, you got the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let me set this stage for you. Um, There have been multiple teams this year that have proven that the way to beat the Denver Broncos is to ground and pound. Right? You saw earlier in the season, the Oakland Raiders did that by even lining up six offensive linemen. Last week, you saw the New England Patriots do that against the Denver Broncos with Deion Lewis getting 18 carries of all people. I think, here's the thing, the teams that know the Broncos and know how to beat them, know that the way to beat them is by trying to run the ball. The Kansas City Chiefs in that division, in that game, at home, at night, in Arrowhead, they are going to try to run the ball. As we know, the Denver defense is incredible uh, via the pass, right? They stop the pass very good. 
once again. It doesn't matter because Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs are not trying to beat anybody by the pass. And we've seen that these guys, they try to run down their throat. That is what the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, are built to do. They're built to hold on to the ball, be creative in the running game. You see them running... um, Wildcat snaps with Spencer Ware and Tyreek Hill and Sharkandrick West in the backfield. I think these are the kinds of things they are going to do to try to win this game against Denver on Sunday night. So for that, I think there are two people to look at. I think Spencer Ware has a bounce back effort, okay? He really popped in the middle of the season, had a little bit of a slump, but is starting to come on back. Had 70 yards on 18 carries, also another 25 yards through the air last week in that game against Tennessee. I think he's going to get a ton of carries as they try to punch the Denver Broncos in the mouth. And obviously, the other guy I want to shout out is someone who is growing on my list in mentions here on the Fantasy Freestyle, and that's my boy Tyreek Hill. You it's saw, not a fluke. You it's saw, not a fluke. You saw what Tyreek Hill can do out of the backfield. They had that stacked full house backfield. You thought you're running one way. You run a counter with Tyreek Hill, and when he has open space in front of him, he's gone. Okay, you saw last week, 66-yard rushing touchdown. That was actually the bulk of his production. You You could always get a return touchdown with Tyreek Hill as well. He just got nominated or named to the Pro Bowl as the return man for the AFC. So shout out to Tyreek Hill. The other thing Tyreek Hill did was hold me down, Rocks, in our latest gentleman's bet for week 15. You want to tell the people how that went? Yeah, man, we were... um as is my usual. It was my I was, boy versus your boy, right? Uh, as is my usual, I was spotlighting Julian Edelman, uh, comparably priced with Tyreek Hill. I thought Julian Edelman, actually, it's interesting. It, we all come full circle here. Playing against that ridiculously tough Denver Broncos defense, shutting down the pass. However, I thought correctly that he was going to see a ridiculous number of targets for his price. He actually wound up seeing 12 targets for 6400 However, we were doing fan duel scoring, which That's is right. half point EPR and therefore as a result of that one touch that Tyreek Hill got and housed it, you edged me out on the fan duel scoring. So, yo, accountability is accountability, and this is what it means to be accountable. That one goes in your column. That's um, another one for speeds in the speeds column, and that just shows the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill. It really only takes one touch with him, and he could get you 12 points out of nowhere. But, Rocks, let's keep it moving. We did our game flow geniuses. I know you want to kind of dovetail into one of our fugazis who we forget about in light of this. Yeah, we're going to forget about, again, talking about that Denver Broncos pass defense. We're going to forget about Jeremy Macklin this week. Jeremy Macklin came back to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, after injury, and basically, he immediately became their wide receiver one again. And the issue here for Tyreek Hill is that he only saw three targets in that game. However, he's a guy who's proven he can make his targets count, and also he's active in the passing game. However, no no wide receivers, particularly not outside wide receivers, are really doing damage at all against the Denver Broncos. And I understand the temptation to start Macklin as your wide receiver three if you've held on to him this long. He looked good last week, legitimately good and healthy. He led the Chiefs in targets. He had six catches for 82 yards. He's also playing almost 80% of the snaps. It'll probably go up again this week. So the opportunities in theory are going to be there, but no. Denver closes that door. Number one in pass defense, DVOA. They've allowed 
allowed the fewest catches, the fewest yards, the fewest touchdowns, and the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season. The only pass catcher on that Kansas City Chiefs team I would even consider is Travis Kelsey, but even him, the price is a little too rich for my blood. So I'm saying this week, Jeremy Macklin, Fugazi. $5,400, it looks like a nice price, but it's a Fugazi. Forget about him. Forget about it, Rocks. I got another guy that they need to forget about in week 16, and this is a guy who has been pretty good lately uh, entering the RB1 conversation, but I don't think this is the week for him. I'm going down to Carolina, and Jonathan Stewart is my Fugazi for week 16. Let me tell you something. Last week, Jonathan Stewart was the best part of that offense on Monday night against the Washington football team. 25 carries for 132 yards. But he's Fugazi for me, and here's why. It goes back. We're teaching people how to fish rocks. It goes to the game flow. This week, they have the Atlanta Falcons coming in. The Atlanta Falcons that are number one in the NFL, scoring 33.5 points per game. And guess what? That Carolina Panthers defense, they are 32nd, last time I checked, that's last, in the NFL against the pass. To me, what that means is Matty Ryan is a great DFS play. Julio Jones, who's returning, is going to get able to eat off that young secondary. What it also means to me is that the Carolina Panthers will not be running the ball 25 times with Jonathan Stewart. They are, Cam is going to have to throw the ball to Olsen and Teddy Ginn and Devin Funchess and Kelvin Benjamin. I, I think we may see a little bit more of people like Fozzie Whitaker on the field instead waka waka. of Waka 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 instead of uh, Jonathan Stewart. I do not think Jonathan Stewart is going to be grinding out any clock. I do not think Jonathan Stewart is going to get the touches. The Panthers are going to have to trust Cam and take to the air to keep up with MVP candidate Matt Ryan and the number one offense in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons. So because of those game flow reasons, I think Jonathan Stewart this week is a fugazi. Forget about him. Yeah, I like that call. Jonathan Stewart also uh, not normally someone who's heavily involved in the passing game. Exactly. So, exactly. again, like you said, the game flow really dictates a lot of that. Um, my Fugazi, my second Fugazi, and this one may hit a little close to home because oh it's on that Jim Bob Cooter offense. Oh, boy. I agree with what you said about uh, Theo Riddick and Golden, Golden Tate. Tate as game flow plays also because both of them generally catch short passes, which are great for fantasy purposes, not as great for real-life purposes make it hard for that quarterback to accumulate points. Matty Stafford, Matthew Stafford, $7,900 on FanDuel. That's way too rich for my blood. You know, he's got the hand thing going on. He's a tough guy. He's going to keep playing. But in a game that has a 43-point over-under, which is one of the lowest in the week, I do not like it. Also, the Dallas Cowboys are so slow and deliberate and effective. But that offense runs at a glacial pace. Also, you've really seen a lot of Jim Bob Cooter slowing down the pace for the Detroit Lions offense, trying to keep that defense off the field, which has actually been a winning formula for them. I mean, they are in first place. 
Exactly. And Dallas, you know, Dallas is better against the run, as you said, than the pass. However, they've been pretty effective shutting down opposing quarterbacks. They've actually only allowed four quarterbacks to finish in the top 12 all year. And Stafford really of late has not shown a very, very high ceiling. He only has two multi-touchdown pass games over his last eight. And he's only put up more than 275 yards once during those last eight weeks. Basically, I think so many better options. I think a lot of people are actually going to go to Stafford this week because that game is being played indoors. And this is the time of year when a lot of people rightly in DFS seek the safety of weather and temperature controlled environments. It's a trap. It's a fugazi. Forget about him. You're going to be pawning Matt Stafford in uh, in downtown Arlington, Texas after this one. Fugazi. Forget about him. Yo, Rock's talking about the trap games out there. I got one more Fugazi I want to get into real quick and rocks because we're running out of time here. We got to give people diamonds as well. So real quick, my uh, my second Fugazi this week is going to actually be New England Patriots running back Dion Lewis. I told you what the Patriots did last week against the Denver Broncos because the formula to beat the Denver Broncos defense is run the ball. Dion Lewis, out of those looking like a pass formation, they gave Dion Lewis 18 carries and he delivered for 95 yards. That's not the way you beat the Jets, okay? The way you beat the Jets is through that pass defense. And here's the other thing. The the, the Patriots are going to be up on the New York Jets in the second half. And I think what the Patriots are going to kind of do, because, you know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they go into FU mode sometimes. You've talked about angry Tom Brady all season long. You may have heard me say, Rocks, on Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I had a poll about who were the biggest Pro Bowl snubs. We talked about Matthew Stafford. Uh, he was your Fugazi this week. I referenced Drew Brees, who did not make the Pro Bowl. The yep. other nominee that I had there was our boy, LeGarrett Blunt. LeGarrett, LGBT. Yes, LGBT rights were not honored in the Pro Bowl voting, okay? Um, um, LeGarrette Blunt has 15 rushing touchdowns, and I think he's going to get some more. He's going to be the guy running the ball. I think Belichick is going to let Blunt make a statement against the New York Jets, and that means they don't need Deion Lewis this week. I know, I know it's fancy, and if you know that Deion Lewis is a guy who catches the ball out of the backfield and you see him get 18 carries, you're like, ooh, this is the Shangri-La. This is it. Must be my lucky day. I'm telling you. I'm like Don the jeweler on Mulberry Street. I look a little closer and I say that Deion Lewis, week 16, Fugazi. Forget about him, Rock. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. Why is it fake? But yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. But yo, we can't just be all hatred, you know? We gotta, we gotta lift some people Spread the love. We gotta so spread Rock, the love. who you got? Give me a diamond real quick, bro. Vintage Al Pacino, looking something like my father in that one. Shout to you, Pops. Um, my my first diamond uh, is a quarterback that I prefer to Matt Stafford. Uh, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Same price, seventy nine hundred. You know what it is? Big Ben at home is money in the bank. It feels like stealing at that price. His home road splits ridiculous. Three hundred twenty five yards a game, seventeen to three touchdown to interception ratio in five home games. He scored at 
at least 20 fantasy points in every one of them, and he's top 30 in three of them. Oh my God. And yeah, I understand. Baltimore has a good pass defense. They're sixth in DVOA, but they've been getting gashed lately since Jimmy Smith suffered that ankle injury. And I think that they're not nearly as scary in this matchup. Yo, it's going to be on Christmas Day. Trust me, you will have a little bit of money to maybe buy yourself a diamond go with my diamond and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben on Christmas. Money in the bank. Diamonds. Diamond cycle over there. Pick a diamond. Buy some diamonds. That's Rock's his first diamond of the week. I'm going to give you another pick. Um, I'm sticking at the quarterback position as well. I don't know if you take him over Matt Stafford or what have you, but uh, and you know, I think actually, Rocks, you've mentioned this guy as a diamond before, and I'm on the train with you. You know who's actually not performing that bad? Matt Barkley on the Chicago yep. Bears, okay? And let me tell you something, why I think this is a diamond when I look a little bit deeper. They are playing the Washington football team. The Washington football team is uh, 24th in defensive DVOA, and they are 24th in the NFL, giving up 24.5 points a game. Matt Barkley, in games at home, have been very good. The one thing is you throw out that game when it was completely snowing against the San Francisco 49ers. In his other two or three home starts, he has gone over 300 yards both times, multiple touchdowns both times last week, getting 30 for 43 completions, 362 yards. I think this is going to be a game that's a little bit back and forth. I think with the return of Alshon Jeffrey, you're going to have someone to throw to. I like Matt Barkley as a great value on DFS. He's a diamond in the rough for me shining bright week 16 yeah i think that that's a that's a good call you know again we've talked about this before if you go a little cheaper at the quarterback position it frees up money to be spent elsewhere speeds um one knock on matt barkley is that he's blonde do you think that that's a real challenge for quarterbacks in the nfl this day to succeed despite being blonde and is that what's holding jared goff back yeah they should just shave their head that's actually a great idea. Just Someone like passed that. Someone passed that to Matt Barkley. Um, my second diamond, also staying at the quarterback position, is Young Crab Legs himself. I prefer Roethlisberger, but if for whatever reason you maybe like Le'Veon Bell better this week and you want to spread it around, uh, Jameis against the Saints is a nice option for eight thousand. He's really been slumping a bit of late, uh, maybe hitting that second year wall. But the Saints defense—they kept him in check. Last time they played in week 14, I do not think they're going to be able to do it again. Yo, this one is in the Dome. The Saints are better in the Dome, and everyone who play the Saints are better in the Dome. The Saints are actually averaging, uh, they're letting up an average of 30 points per game in the Dome to their opponents. Also, Delvin Bro not practicing this week. The Saints' best cover corner. If he doesn't play, it could be a complete bloodbath of Mike Evans dominating on jump ball against some of these, who's that guy? Where did he get signed? Off the street. Um, so I really like Jameis, 8,000. Keep it moving, keep it moving. He's a diamond, let him shine. No doubt, no doubt. Let me give you the last diamond for week 16. And listen, Rocks, I have been, I have been uh, fading this guy all season long. 
But today, this week is the the best possible matchup he can get. And I'm talking about Todd Gurley on the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, I know people put 53 men in the box against him, but he is at home against the historically bad San Francisco 49er run defense. This is the best possible matchup, and I think this is the only chance the Rams are going to be to actually be up in a game and be able to utilize Todd Gurley because the San Francisco 49ers are, in essence, trying to lose games. So I know that you have not been able to run out Todd Gurley, but this is the week he can be unshackled like Trump after the RNC, um, and you can actually run out Todd Gurley this week. I think he's a good value. He is a diamond in the rough for Week 16. So there you have it. Rocks and speeds, dropping stats, overbeats. Let rocks and speeds be one of the first to wish you a Merry Christmas, if that's what you're doing this weekend. We know a lot of people are traveling, but hopefully you've set your lineups and you are ready to go to win some championships, win your league truly, and win that cash. Rocks and speeds give you everything you need on the Fantasy Freestyle and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You want to wish the people happy holidays as we get out of here, Rocks? Yeah, man. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Um, Just want to say be safe, enjoy the games, and we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. We'll see him him for week 17 because we're holding him down. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. 